Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, recorded at Maestros Cafe, located at the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center in beautiful Cocoa, Florida. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Today's show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee. Now your host, SESO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau. The tuba is the largest of the bunch. It plays low notes, and I have a hunch that in the orchestra it makes the foundation. And the euphonium is its nearest relation. true, Eric? Is that true? Our tuba is really the largest (laughs) of the bunch? (laughs) Yes, it is. It is true. The tuba is the largest of the bunch. Jeremy, where did you get that? uh, that I can't my sources. All right, that was fantastic. Well, we've started a little bit differently this morning, in case you uh, have noticed, and because Friday was International Tuba Day. That's right. Last Friday was International Tuba Day. But we're celebrating all week long. All week Uh, long. I know. It's exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. It's the first Friday in May, so yeah. set your calendars. Well, you have to appreciate the fact that the tuba is the largest of the bunch. It is. Come the, on. It is the largest of the bunch. And you then the funny the part was the euphonium is the little brother. Right. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, you know, you can uh, you can play the tuba and you can understand that it's large, but really where you get an appreciation is when you pack it in the case and try to put that case into your car. Yes. Or, or better yet, when you're traveling on an airline. <laughs> I don't even want to think oh, yeah, about doing a, that. That's can a real, you imagine? I have done that. It's a nightmare. I'm sure it is. Well, top of the morning to you, gentlemen. Ah, uh, top of the morning top to you. Top of the morning and uh, happy tuba week. I, well, yeah, I just coined that. I know it was uh, International Tuba, tuba Day. I like that. But here in Brevard. County, tuba it's Tuba Week. Oh, and Indian River County, and all of uh, the East Coast of Florida. How's that? Sure. That sounds great. Happy Tuba. Happy Tuba, Happy tuba Day. Week. Happy Tuba Week. We Happy are here time. live at Maestro's on at Maestro's Cafe. Right. It's Maestro's on Air. Right. We're at the beautiful uh, Central Brevard Library yeah. and Reference Center, overlooking the uh, beautiful Indian River in Cocoa. In beautiful Cocoa. Florida. What a great day! This weather. I'm telling you, this past weekend, if you could hit the pause button on the weather. And have it just be like this all the time. Oh, you yeah. might really like it for a month, but then it would start getting old, right? Yeah, you, people yeah, would people still find swung. something to complain about. Yeah, it's been great. It's this chamber of commerce weather. I mean, it's this just weather's really, great. Really something. Yeah. Well, we had. Um, what did we have Friday? What was it? Barbecue Friday. Well, in addition Friday? to being International Tuba yeah. Day, we had Barbecue Friday. We had a great time that day. I was out there grilling, you know, you, were, dan- you weren't just grilling. I was dancing. You were dancing. We had some hot tunes on. <laughs> 
I had this delightful individual, uh, Jerry Sale, just yep. happened to stop by. He was a great guy. We did some uh, impromptu uh, audio recording that Jeremy's going to be uh, working his magic on. I'm not sure where we're going to use that, but he's um, in charge of uh, promoting the uh, geriatric jazz band. That's that right. Yep. Performs at the library. So He was a, a lot of fun. Had a great time. I uh, had another um, nice lady stop by who's promoting the... Um, Play just finished up last weekend at uh, Rockledge High School. The, the Adams, Adams family. family. Yeah. She she loved Bill. I mean, she was like trying to get. You love me, Jeremy. She was trying to get Bill fixed up. It's so. hard not to, Bill. <laughs> Thank you. It was I really funny because we put her on the mic and she's going around the room and she's like. Um, I'm with these, you know, lovely gentlemen, and uh, I know the man on my right is married. I'm not sure about the other two, and I'm like, well, I'm married, but uh, Bill is available. And then she's going on saying, ladies, if I if I wasn't married and I was a little bit younger, this man is quite a catch. So yeah, it, it was, was, it I was had to look classic. away. I was blushing. Oh, yeah, it no, was classic. I don't classic. even know why. Why does that happen? It's like something you're comes just, in under your radar. And, you're just you know, a you get delightful all, individual, you're a hunk, Bill. Bill. That's, That's right. That's it. Yeah, just, <laughs> right. You. She was you just got that you know, animal magnetism. Well, yeah, you know, but it was. We had a great, great you, time. By the way, you're, you're looking very Florida today in your shirt. I love the palm trees. Thanks. I appreciate you're that. You're looking very good. And you look very laid back, corporate casual. That's what I call that look. The black golf shirt yes. look. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, we could we could dress it up, go for a, you you're know, a good. evening reception, or we can put a jacket on it, sure. and we can go yeah, into a look fairly good. casual that's business what I did. meeting. Uh, that's what I did for the wine or, and cheese party. We can head out to the links, you know, and just uh, knock a golf ball around. I mean, I think I remember what a golf ball looks like. It's been a while since I've seen one, but... Uh, well, I believe that, because you're that busy. You are. You're, you're a very, very, busy very busy guy. So are well, you. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's amazing that we can even get together and do this show, because we all tend to be pretty right, pretty busy. So it's uh, I know every week it's uh, well can we can we do it here? Can we do it there? Okay, you know, so luckily <laughs> yeah, luckily busy. we're able to to eke out a you know an hour a week that we can get together and actually do this. Right, it's very busy. That's true. And I want to tell you I had a great time cooking out a barbecue Friday. We're going to do it again this coming Friday. Sure, I had a burger. I cut it short this time. I only had a burger. Oh, you didn't. I have didn't it? have one of everything like I did. I know. Uh, I forgot last that week, because we were week grilling burgers and Italian sausage, and I forgot. Got to have an Italian sausage, so we have to make up for that. And uh, well, we were busy talking. Oh well, yeah, we were having a great time. I mean, so. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was. So you know, this Friday coming up, uh, May eighth, if uh, you're in the area, you know, stop on by and say hello and have have a burger, and we'll have some sort of other great uh, grilled uh, meat that I'll try not to burn. Well, we have um, a couple of concerts coming up. We're going to touch on those a little later in the show. And uh, Symphony for Good. We're going to be talking about that as well. Wait a second. We've got one more thing. First thing thing ever. Oh, the Friday Fizz Quiz. The Friday Fizz Fizz Quiz. quiz. We had our first quiz went up last week. We have uh, picked up. I'm not even going to talk about it now. That's later on in the show. That's going to be later on, but I'm really looking forward to that. And like I said, a couple of concerts, uh, the Pops Bouquet, we're going to be talking about that. And, of course, the uh, Earth Odyssey concert in conjunction with NASA. It's going to be very big. We had a really great interview last week with Kate Leisure. Yes, we did. She was great coming in, and it's too bad she wasn't um, here today because she could talk about the uh, new princess that That's was just right. born. The new princess. Uh, drum roll, please. Charlotte. 
Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. Yes. It's been made official on That's the show right. here. That's great. And so there are people that are going to actually hear it on this show for the first time. I'm That's certain. Right. That's I'm right. I'm certain. Because there's a lot of people, they only get their news from here. They don't listen to anything else. So. <laughs> we are the most reliable news source in Brevard County, of well, course. We also have, uh, coming up here in just a little bit, um, an in-depth, another in-depth interview with Aaron Collins, yes, right, director of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, and he's interviewing Barbara Hoffman. She's the executive director of the Cultural Council of Indian River County. Yes, I'm not familiar with Barbara, but I'm looking forward to this interview like you all are. And interested in hearing more about her. Sure. Well, they're all in-depth interviews. That's what I like. Aaron Collins has a certain way he does it. And I'm not kissing up because I know he listens to every one of these things. Aaron, you do very, very well. But what I like about it is you ask questions and you actually let the interviewee talk instead of just uh, having it more of a, of a talk show format. It's an actual interview. Right. It's very so, educational. Yeah. And how do you say it? He has great what? Um, interviewing chops chops that's right you had to lead me into that one so well i had to remind you that's right brian williams better watch out brian williams is he still around oh yeah he's just waiting his time and then he'll come back just like with marv albert and everybody else you know they Marv kind of Albert <laughs> with the Tijuana Brass is, is <laughs> Marv Albert. That's oh, good. Oh, different guy. I like That's the tie-in, Jeremy. Yeah, I like the tie-in. All these people, you know, they have certain um, scandals, and then they uh, weather the storm, and then they're back. So I'm sure Brian Williams will be back, but uh, Aaron, Aaron's got your number, so... Well, lots more to talk about for the remainder of the hour. Uh, we're going to try to include a little bit of tuba-centric pieces uh, so I, I as we go to the interview, uh, a little bit of tuba from a Dirty Dozen Brass Band. Uh, here's the interview with Barbara Hoffman. <laughs> This is Aaron Collins, Artistic Director and Conductor of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Today I'm joined by my friend and colleague, the Executive Director at the Cultural Council of Indian River County, Barbara Hoffman. Barbara, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's delightful to be here. It's great to have you here at the office. I invited you over here to uh, check out the office and talk a little, so thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. How did you get involved in the arts? I know you started out as a school teacher and then you moved on into the arts sector. Can you tell us a little about your journey to the arts? My father was a violinist. Mm -hmm. My father was a concert violinist and an instructor. And so from the minute I was born, there was music in our house. Awesome. And on my mother's side, my grandmother was a beautiful, beautiful pianist. And many, many, many years ago, 100 or so, my grandmother, at the age of eight, traveled around the country on, with Pillsbury. Pillsbury called, uh, had made for her what was called a piano harp. And I think there were only like three or four ever, ever built. And you played them with mallets. And here was my grandmother, eight years old, who traveled the country with 
Pillsbury playing the piano harp. Wow. That's awesome. So my history goes back very, very long. And um, I have uh, five brothers and sisters, and it was important for all of us to be able to play music. And so I was a piano player, and then I became very involved with the church organ. Mm-hmm. We were Catholics, um, and um, uh, I, I was fascinated with the organ, so I began practicing on, at the church organ. And when I was in seventh grade, our church organist very unexpectedly um, passed away, and they had nobody to come to but to me. And so, from the time I was in seventh grade, I played for every single mass, every wedding, every funeral, every wow. special thing that went on in our little Catholic church. How was that experience for you? It was very exciting. Yeah. It was very, very exciting. I used to love to play play the church organ and be there with the choir. Here I'd be, seventh grader, and all these adults would be sitting around, standing around singing. <laughs> and um, I felt like I was a little bit in control, and that was pretty nice. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and that created a children's choir, so um, uh, I, I really enjoyed music. And, you know, obviously you had to pick up, you had to be in the school band, so mm-hmm. I couldn't drag a piano around in the school band, so I took up saxophone. Cool. And uh, when did you become involved with the Indian River Cultural Council? Many, many years later, I've been involved with, with the Indian River um, Cultural Council for about the last five years. Last five years. And you started as a board member and made your way to executive director. Tell me about that process. Um, I started uh, actually as the vice chairman. Okay. <laughs> I came in as a vice chairman. And uh, then the next year, I was elected the uh, chairman of the board. And awesome. I, spent, um, I spent then three years as the uh, chairman of the board, but it was during that time that we lost our government general revenue funding. Right. And uh, we were um, planning to close down the operation my first year as the chairman of the board. And I said, not on my watch. You right. can't do that. And so I, like you, um, uh, volunteered my time for the last three years and uh, and made the um, uh, Indian River Chamber, or, pardon me, the Indian River um, Cultural Council, uh, private, not for profit, right? From a government-funded operation. Okay, so all your funding comes from private sources, donations. Our monies come approximately a third of our money comes from our membership dues. And another third of our money comes from uh, the, uh, the sale of advertising. As you know, because you're in it, we do a publication called the Arts and Cultural Guide. Yeah. It's a, a, it's a year-long it's a beautiful publication book. of all of the cultural events going on for a full 12 months. And um, we, uh, it's a beautiful, a lot of people use it as a coffee table book. It is so well done. And this year we had 28,000 of them printed and distributed. That's fantastic. And, and so about a third of our income comes from the advertising that we sell in that publication. Okay. So all advertisers are more than welcome to uh, explore that avenue then. Absolutely. And every year we get more advertisers because the book, the, the, the guide is so popular. It is. It's a beautiful and, book. Thank you. Um, we also, the other third of our money comes from uh, donations, mm-hmm. it comes from sponsors, and it comes from any events that we hold. Okay. And then we do receive um, uh, a bit of money as a reimbursement from the Tourist Development Council, the right. TDC. Uh, we get some monies back from them for anything we do advertising and creating tourism. 
What are some of your immediate and long-term goals for the Cultural Council? Well, the immediate goal is to um, solidify our sustainability. Right. Yeah. You know, to make certain that that um, we are sustainable, that we do have an income stream that is steady. Um, it has grown over the last few years. I think that um, a lot of what it is, that it, a lot of it is because of what, what actually we are doing and how we are promoting the cultural arts in Indian River County. But also, I think the economy has something to do with that as well. Yeah, the economy is getting uh, is on the yes. upswing again. Yeah, and uh, you know, we just want I just want to really make certain that we can go through econ- different economies and still be able to carry on as a private not for profit. Right, that's a tough job. Um, it is, and it requires constantly looking at new ways, new things to do, new ways to generate income. This year, one of the ways that one of the things that we did to um, uh, change things a little bit and hopefully get a little more excitement was in our membership. Mm-hmm. We have about 250 members. Wow! And of those 250 members, about 40 of them are uh, businesses. We feel that in Indian River County, which, as you know, is not a very large county population-wise, right. that we've pretty much tapped out the not-for-profit cultural uh, organizations, individual artists, artist galleries, and so right. forth. And that if there is a growth in in um, our income, that it could come through business memberships. Okay. So tell me about so that. So we created what um, what we call Business for the Arts. And uh, it, it has really a twofold purpose. Okay. Obviously, it's to help us raise money, and we have different, we have varying income, um, income levels for this particular project, but it's the, it's the philosophy that we want our businesses in Indian River County to know how important the cultural arts are. Right. So the focus of it is to educate them about the arts and culture and how important it is for businesses to attract new employees. Mm-hmm. It is important in the economic development sense to bring in new businesses because they look for places with their, that their employees will find um, a lot of art, a lot of culture, a lot mm-hmm. of satisfaction, entertainment, and so forth. Because businesses are are really essential, I think, to the future growth of our council, and I'm sure other councils as well. Absolutely. So how does a business get in touch with you to join this new program? This is a new program, right? This is a new program. Okay. It is a new program. And um, they can just give the Cultural Council a call, and that's um, in, in, it is the Cultural Council of Indian River County. Um, our phone number, 772-770-4857. Or you could just send us an email, and it's cultural council.org. If you don't put in the dash, you'll go to Jacksonville. <laughs> okay. Let's talk a little about your members. You said you have about 275 members. What does the Cultural Council do for these uh, members? The, couch, the Cultural Council has a pretty extensive marketing program for its individual not and not-for-profit um, members. We do a lot of work with the with press. We have a um, uh, a weekly one half page full color 
ad that we put in all the things coming up during that next week, all right. of the member things. And It's very popular from what I hear. It, it is very popular, and a lot of people join the Culture Council just to be able to get their events in there. Right. Um, but we also have um, a, a fabulous website that puts everybody into registries. We have artist registries, we have author registries, and we have um, we have our, our, our musical, our orchestra uh, registries. We have we we put a lot of information on our members in on on our website, and it's a pretty it's a pretty easy website to maneuver. Mm-hmm. But we also have a link to our online calendar, and this online calendar is absolutely incredible. Um, we have uh, it's updated every forty eight hours. Wow! So everything on it is very 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 current, and you can just click on whatever date it is you want or whatever month you want, and uh, you can uh, uh, look at what's going on, click on something that might be of interest to you, and you have a whole drop-down screen then that gives you all the details right. uh, about it with links to their websites. Um, we, this year, put out a, or, well, we have in the past <clears throat> three years, we have had a um, this arts and cultural guide, and the arts and cultural guide lists all of the things that are going on over the next year, it, is, it comes out October 1st and it goes through September 30th, but it's broken up into six different categories. The first one you have theater and dance. Right. And it's all of the information about upcoming events um, for the for all of these venues and and um, programs in theater and dance. So in our case, we have things like on Riverside Theater, the mm-hmm. Vero Beach Theater Guild, Theater Go Round, um, the Vero Beach Ballet. So theater and dance is a, is a, is a big one. Uh, another area is the um, the concerts, opera, orchestra, and symphony, mm-hmm. and that's where you fall. Yeah, um, and it's. Uh, it, it's a huge. This is a this is a very big section in our book because there is so much that that happens right. in um, uh, in the concerts and symphonies and operas and so forth. And speaking of opera, I just have to brag a little bit about um, our Vero Beach Opera. We just finished this past week the third annual um, um, Marcello Giordani National Competition. I heard. We, I heard it was at Vero Beach High School. We it, came and performed a couple. Days days later and all the uh, volunteers that volunteer for us said they were there for the last three days and listening to all these auditions and heard the prize winner and heard it was a wonderful experience tell me a little about it i mean this is just this is just absolutely incredible to have marcello giordani you know come in for a full week and this is the third year in vero beach that's I great. Mean, that's that's really terrific. It's wonderful that he has such great friends, though, with Jonah Ramon, mm-hmm. Ortega Cowan, the, um, um, the the whole the the leadership of our Vero Beach Opera. But um, to have his vocal competition means an awful lot to our community, as far as bringing in people. I mean, people from over two hundred people from around the world. Yeah. come in for this concert and then and then to have people be able to come in all week long to listen to those who are in the competition right it's a truly it's international event very international yeah that's very awesome international so uh, anyway they're in that same category as you yeah, they're great they're a great group <laughs> we have another category of fine art galleries and museums mm-hmm. and uh, obviously we have a lot of galleries in town we have a lot of the co-op galleries which right. are local art and then we have the regular 
regular um, commission art galleries. Uh, a lot of them are over um, on the beach side, and then we have our museums. And obviously, the most Im- the, the the most important and significant really is the Vero Beach Museum of Art. Um, <clears throat> we have a whole section on speaker series, lectures, literary and film. We have more speakers that come to Vero Beach than you could imagine, and they're big names. I mean, they're people that you, everybody recognizes. And so there's about four or five different speaker series that you can choose from. Riverside Theater has one. The Emerson Center has one. Um, Any River State College Lifelong Learning has one. Um, the museum has one on professional lectures. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of lectures. That's, that's great. <laughs> And we have, um, you know, film film series mm-hmm. and um, uh, a lot of literary work. We also have a section on uh, community events and then a section on children's events. All are in the guide, in this uh, arts and cultural event guide. And um, it, it tells a lot about our community. It gives people a very good feel. And I have to tell you that probably about 25% of the um, guides that we have uh, go to realtors who use them to... Tr- try to bring people to Vero Beach. Absolutely. Art sell. Arts matter. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. So uh, where can they get this book if they if they don't have access to now? Can they come down to the office and pick one up? They can come down to the office. They can go to the Chamber of Commerces. Many of us. We, had, we put out um, probably about uh, uh, 200 locations where we um, gave them the books, their their businesses, Mm -hmm. doctor's offices. um, Obviously, the Cultural Council has them. All of our members were given supplies. uh, But if they really want to take a look at it, go on our website because you can download it. Oh, perfect. (laughs) So again, that's cultural-council.org. And it's a great website. Uh, what do you? What advice do you have for young professionals in the area who are interested in working with nonprofits? You won't find many occupations that have the opportunity to bring you such rewards Mm -hmm. as you get when you're in not-for-profits. Not-for-profit organizations are becoming um, much more sophisticated in the way in which they work, and you can learn some very important business business, um, points through a not-for-profit. Just because you say not-for-profit doesn't mean that you don't respond Mm -hmm. sensibly, reasonably, and act like a business because the successful not-for-profits do. A not-for-profit gives you, many of the not-for-profits gives you tremendous opportunities to meet others in the community. Um, the people that maybe you're servicing, that you're not for profit services. Maybe it's, in your case, being a musician mm-hmm. and the experience of and the rewards of looking out at your audience as you're performing and watching the faces and the expressions, the smiles and the applause. Nothing like it. There is nothing like it. Yeah. It's the same as if you're on stage, if you're in, if you're in the theater. If you're, um, um, if you were, uh, I was talking with somebody the other day who was telling me the story about how his little group called uh, Theater on the Go or something. They go to the nursing homes mm-hmm. and retirement homes and they they sing for uh, for people. And and he just couldn't stop talking about the facial expressions and the people that that he meets and what that means to him. And he's sitting in my office crying. Right. It was so emotional for him. That's great. And I think we all at some time have experienced the tear, whether it actually fell down your 
your face or it was deep stuck in your eye, we all have had a tear when we see what it is that we do as a not-for-profit and what it does to others. To uh, agree with uh, everything she said. Yeah, Barbara makes a really great point. You know, <clears throat> a lot of people that see the Space Coast Symphony had never seen a symphony orchestra before until they heard us. Sure. You know, because they weren't able to afford it. You know, we've got the symphony for everyone. And what does that mean? Well, there's a couple of things. First off, we keep our ticket prices. You know, really artificially low. Our ticket, typical ticket price is uh, twenty dollars in advance, right, twenty five right. at the door. Eighteen and under is free. So if you're, you know, a little urchin, you can go to the concert for free. Oh, so <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Let's just say someone cannot afford tickets. What do we do then, Eric? Well, basically, the symphony for everyone. You can pay what you can afford. You know, you call us up and say, you know, I'd really like to go to the concert, but I can only pay, you know, $15. And they say, okay, we can pay, come in for $15. We try to make it accessible. We don't want to turn anyone away from the gift of music. You know, that's really important to us, being you, able to have everybody play. So what if you can afford $1,000 for a ticket? We would, <laughs> we would definitely let you pay $1,000 for a ticket. Huh. And that kind of ties into our Symphony for, Symphony Good, for Good campaign. Yes. Because um, since we do keep you know, the prices low, those that can afford more, we're asking you to you know, put in more. Uh, the Symphony for Good is going very well. So far, we've raised, I think, um, 15% of our goal so far, which is sure. fantastic. It's good, yeah. We were over at the River House. Weeks in two it. weeks, uh, 15%. Uh, I think most nonprofits would suggest that's uh, that's a very good uh, way towards accomplishing the goal. Oh yeah, it's really it's not good. a bad way to put it, Jeremy. You're right. It's I, really I good. I believe that's correct. Last week we were over at the River House making some phone calls. I um, did interrupt. I think a couple of people during their dinner. So I think you did too. I heard you. You were downstairs. I was downstairs. I was calling. I think I talked to one of our uh, donors and uh, said, "Did I call you during dinner?" I said, "Well, I've got a prime rib in the oven." So. <laughs> That's a so, dead giveaway. I so think I said, well, I'm I'll make calling it, during dinner. Well, I'll make it. Uh, I'll make it quick. So, yeah. but I, you know, I love talking to the donors. I love talking to our patrons. You know, I really appreciate you know the donations you can make, and we're still you know going strong. I sure. was downstairs, uh, and we were upstairs. Bill was upstairs. And, you know. and Aaron Collins. Aaron, and Aaron was there making phone calls. Right. Uh, Colleen, Colleen was making calls. Uh, Connie Maltby was making fun. We were having a great time. It was, it was like a party. It was like a party. I like to go downstairs because I do kind of have a loud voice and I don't want to, you know, disturb people. You are very loud. I am loud. Well, I play the tuba after You're all. You're not you that know? loud. I'm You're, pretty loud. You know what? It's a margin of reason. That's what I call it. Yeah. It's a reasonable loudness. Yeah, it's like a con <laughs> controlled Well, you know what else is going to make chaos. a loud noise? Uh, in uh, the next segment... Uh, after the interview, we are going to pop the cork off the bottle 
oh, and announced the winner, oh, the, the first winner of the first Friday Fizz Quiz. Oh, I, I can't fizz wait. Quiz. I'm at the edge of my seat right now. It's exciting. It is exciting. It is. I'm at the edge of my seat. I have my hands on my knees, like you leaning are. forward. You so are. I'm really, I am on the edge of my seat. You are at the edge of your seat. I mean, yeah. can't wait to see, um, you know, the answers and see who our lucky winner is. That's uh, that's a good point. Well, we um, we have the second half of the interview coming up in just a minute. I would like to remind everybody, stay tuned. We are going to be giving the particulars on the two upcoming concerts, um, the Pops Bouquet and what's the other one? Earth Odyssey. The Earth Odyssey. Yeah, in conjunction with NASA. Going to be a very right. big deal. Right. It's kind of like... Um Sequel to when we did the planets last year. Sure. But this time we're going to have images of Earth taken from space. And they're really stellar images. And we're going to be coming to that with Also Sprock Zarathustra by well, Richard Strauss. That's going to be good. Why don't, we, um, why don't we go to the second part of the interview with Barbara Hoffman and Aaron Collins. Talk about uh, some of the events that you have coming up. Uh, you have quite a few events throughout the year. You have the Celebrate the Arts. You have the Laurel Awards. You've done the Summerfest concert, among other events. Uh, can you tell me a little about uh, some of your events that you well, do each year? we started out the year yeah. with our first really big fundraiser. We've never really done a major fundraiser, and, and that was the focus of it. It was called Arts, Champagne, and Caviar. That sounds fun. What, what, what was that about? It was a wonderful fundraiser in a mansion on the ocean mm-hmm. that was for sale, so the 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 um, location was given to us, right? And uh, we put, <clears throat> uh, we called art experiences. Okay. And this is what we it was an auction, but it was an auction of art experiences. I went to one of our galleries in um, in Vero Beach, uh, the J M Stringer Gallery. Um, and talked to John Stringer when was when I was thinking about this, and I said, John, I'd like to do maybe an auction, an art auction. And he said, Don't do an art auction. People can go and buy a piece of art any day of the week. They can go into galleries, and and you know that's not nothing special. But what they can't buy is an experience. Okay, and what is an experience? An experience would be a um, uh, a auction. Off a dinner mm-hmm. um, in your home prepared by a chef for, say, up to 12 people, and then a beautiful piano concert by somebody who's very special. In our case, it was Marcos yeah. Flores. And, I mean, the people were so excited about, I mean, gosh, we're going to get a dinner prepared by a celebrity chef for 12 people, and I get to invite these people into my home, and then they can sit around my piano and listen to a beautiful concert for an hour. Right. So that would be one example of an experience. Cool. Another example was, let's say, Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. They um, did a they, they um, gave us for the auction a photography safari. And so the people could come up and they would be taken around to various places in the Bush Sanctuary where they could really exercise their photographic talents. Yeah. 
Um, so that was another one. Um, Another one was a um, full-day photo shoot by a very, very well-known Australian photographer who lives in Sebastian now. Awesome. So How did it go? Did it go well? We did. Well, this was our first year. We, yeah. we learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It you was always a, do. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous evening. The yeah. house was elegant. Um, the, um, the, the whole lead up to it was the, all of our promotional materials were very, very elegant yeah. looking. And um, we did make more money than we've ever made before. That doesn't mean it's very much because we've never been much right. on the fundraising. Well, you have to start somewhere. But yeah. um, it was successful for us. And we immediately decided that we would do it again next year so we will have another arts champagne and caviar we learned what auction items are good ones and you know which ones we should probably uh, change and yeah. find something else yeah, fine-tune it as you go but the excitement of people that was so it, it was so unique to have uh, uh, an auction that had art experiences yeah i think it's a great idea mm-hmm. sounds fun and then you have the laurel awards coming the up the laurel awards are next week tell yes, me about it's that april 24th Fourth, um, the Laurel Awards. Uh, this is the nineteenth year for our Laurel Awards, and we have four Laurel Awards that we will be giving out. One of them is the Richard A. Stark Award, and that's for cultural leadership. Mm-hmm. And that one is going to go to Maestro Stuart Robertson, uh, the artistic director and conductor of the Atlantic Classical Orchestra. Yeah, he's a great conductor. And a good guy. To and be. yes, and he's retiring, mm-hmm. as you know, and and so this is he just finished his last concert last right. week. So this will be, you know, a, a, I think probably a pretty emotional event uh, yeah. for him to he's receive that award. He's been there for award. quite a long time. Yes, he has. Then we have the Alma Lee Loy um, Award for volunteer leadership, and you know she is such a stalwart in our community. She's been there forever, and she's served on, you know, the the um, county was a county commissioner. She and her family had business a business in um vero beach she serves on every committee every she's just uh, you go to her for advice no matter how young or old you are mm-hmm. or what your what your discipline is um alma lee is alma lee they even named the bridge after her yeah. <laughs> um, but alma lee will be giving her award to anita astrachan now anita is um uh, a board member of Riverside Theater. Um, she started out at Riverside Theater as the uh, as a volunteer phone answerer, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she worked her all the way up. Um, and she's on the board of directors. But what Anita has done and has funded is a a significant fund, so that she is able to give two hundred tickets to um, to Vero Beach High School and 200 tickets to Sebastian High School for their students, their high school students, to come to the actual performance mm-hmm. of one of the big performances that are happening right now. Uh, we have... Um, we have... Um, Memphis is playing. Uh, a few weeks ago, it was... Um, West Side Story. Yeah. So they're, they're big productions. And as you right. know, Riverside Theater is a producing theater. Uh, but she brings these young people to the theater. And then afterwards, she gets the cast. And they spend time with these kids. That's great. Talking about theater. Now, you have to realize that Anita um, was a drama instructor in New York City before she uh, came to Florida. 
but she has found her place here and and uh, she has assured that that program will continue for a long long time uh, she's made sure that the finances are there to be able to do that that's great it's a great opportunity for the students oh it's a wonderful opportunity yeah. for the students you don't get that kind of interaction so that's awesome uh, we have another award called the John J. Schumann Jr. Award and that is for business leadership okay and the business that we are honoring and its president Phil DeLang um, is it's called White Glove um, uh, Moving Storage Delivery and Pack Mail Beachside you got it yep and um, this this company our arts and culture could not exist in Vero Beach if it were not for this company. They do all the moving, the storage, the packing of any of the art that comes in and out, whether you know whether for the various galleries, for the museum. Um, they um, they help with the theaters in, in in hauling the materials they need in and out. Um, for their productions, uh, they provide the storage places. I mean, they are absolutely marvelous, and our arts community—not only our arts community, but others—but our arts community absolutely loves this group and this this company, and they feel so comfortable turning their very very important and um, expensive <laughs> um, artwork over to them mm -hmm. to make sure that it gets shipped and delivered in the proper way. That's great. And he gives nice discounts to our members. And beat that. <laughs> That's right. We have one more award this year. This is the first year. Um, we started thinking about the importance of arts education. And so we created a, an award called the Willie C. Regan Award for Arts Educational Leadership. Now, you have to realize that Mr. Regan was... Um, an original highwayman, mm -hmm. and he also taught for 30 years in the Indian River County school system. Awesome. And so we named the award. We talked to the schools and, you know, who, who should the award be named after, and we were so thrilled that they chose Willie C. Regan, and he is so excited to think he has an award named after him. Well, the first, the first year recipient of that award, award is a wonderful teacher. Her name is Bridget Lyons, and she teaches right now. She's been a teacher for 20 years, but she teaches right now on the Indian River Academy, but she is also a musician, mm -hmm. and she combines the musician and art in the way that she teaches her children. That's great. And so this is a first. This is the first for the Willie C. Reagan Award. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And when is the Laurel Award? You said next week? It is um, on April Friday night, April 24th. It's at 6 o'clock in the evening at Rio Mar Country Club in Vero Beach. It's on Club Lane. And if you are at all interested in attending, just give us a call. All right, let's talk about one of your big projects that you have coming up. It's a vision for a cultural arts village. Tell me what this is about. Well, the Cultural Council um, has been looking throughout the last few years as a way to collaborate and, and get themselves involved with all of the different um, cultural arts in the community. And as you know, it's very there's a, a lot, a lot in Indian River County. And as we um, as we were focusing on the future, um, we came up with the thought that it was going it was very important that we have a cultural arts center um, in our community 
And um, as we looked at buildings, you know, we looked at a, a, this, the old historic diesel plant, but there were, there were is a beautiful arts center, and it, the building is quite quite gracious, but it. Um, uh, it has some some things going against it, and one is the railroad track, right. <laughs> 25 feet away. And if you're trying to do things in the arts, whether it's music, whether it's theater, whether it's film, or whether it's painting or glass, um, you know, fre- heavy freight trains running through um, uh, uh, every half hour, hour is uh, going to be not, you know, going to be con- is not going to be constructive. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so we started looking at other things, and we have arrived upon the thought of an cultural arts village. Our community really wants to do a lot with the development of our downtown area. They have named it an arts district. Right. And um, uh, we started looking at opportunities there and we came upon the very popular concept now called a cultural arts village. We did a lot of research. We have been online and visit uh, online visiting many 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 sites uh, that have cultural arts villages and we have also been visiting local or Florida cultural arts villages right. and there's it, it, it's like a perfect time it seems like a lot of the malls are you know are, are, are having problems now because back at one time you know everybody's idea was to run to the subdivisions and go to the outside malls and now it seems uh, from the urban planner standpoint they say that the people are coming back into towns and they want walkability right. they want to be they want to live and play and and shop and especially and in Florida eat yeah. you know in a downtown type area right so there's a, a beautiful opportunity in our in, in our downtown to take an area that is part of our main street which is 14th Avenue where right. we have our galleries and go all the way for um, about um, until to um, 20th Avenue Um, and it's a neighborhood now it's a neighborhood that has some very interesting historical little houses Mm -hmm. Um, it has a lot of green space um, and then it has some areas that you know you could take and rent you know renovate um, uh, we we, we want to keep a lot of what's there, right. but we want to take this, you know, 8, 10, 12 block area and make it into a real walkability village yeah. where you could have residents that, you know, just live, that live there. You could have walking paths and you could have bike paths and you could have outdoor um, concerts and outdoor festivals uh, where you would have uh, artists maybe even living in a home and having a, a, a little studio and a gallery you know in the house right. you could have galleries you could have um, um, ice cream shop you could have you know all kinds of, of little little storefronts you know all around located in that area and then the cultural council would like to have you know a center where we could do um, a couple things one would maybe be provide office space for small not-for-profit cultural organizations right. that might want to share uh, you might want to share um, copy machines and office machines yeah, right. in that or have meeting rooms for um, uh, for the smaller organizations right unbeknownst to most people most nonprofits don't have these uh, things at hand mm-hmm. you know a lot of these nonprofits 
nonprofits are meeting in libraries, meeting at restaurants. Uh, they don't have these resources, and these resources are so important. I remember working out of, out of my home the first year with the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, and such a difference now being in an office and and having everything you know you need to uh, succeed. The other thing about uh, what we're talking about is the synergy that is created when working with others. That's awesome. And I think that's very, very important. It doesn't mean that you're sitting around having coffee with everybody all the time, but when you, when you, when you see and feel the, the um, energy that people generate who are really involved in what it is they're doing, you become much more energized right. and creative. So this is our this is our vision. We have taken it to the city council a couple of times. We are creating a neighborhood association to participate in this, and we're uh, moving on to the next step and uh, looking forward to having a. Um, you know, workshop type of charrette uh, that will involve, you know, obviously some planners, but our local architect society, members mm -hmm. of our architectural society, are the neighborhood. We really want the neighborhood involved in this and our cultural organizations. And there's a lot of excitement about that. Oh, my goodness, yes. There is a lot of excitement. We're really qu on quite a fast track. So we expect the uh, the charrette to be done uh, within the next 60 days, and the end result of a charrette would be that it would identify specifically the boundaries. It would identify the zoning that's required mm -hmm. to have this village, and it would be the, um, the the initial plan. When is your ideal date of getting this finished? When do you well, envision this getting I finished? I don't know that it'll ever be finished because... Right. I think that with um, the the private property and uh, the you know the things that we would be doing that you know there's going to be changes going right. all the time but what we want to do is to create an environment so that the changes are always within these with, within the um, uh, the sites of the uh, of the project That's awesome. within the um, within the cultural village itself we um, don't want to talk about things like urban renewal because there's no way are we thinking about leveling you know the the area and starting right. over what we want to do is to take there are some darling houses in there we want to take those we want to take have those residents become so enthusiastic and excited about the um, uh, about it that they'll be fixing up their homes and be selling them to people that will want to carry forth the well, I'm excited about this. Good luck uh, talking to the city council. I'm sure it's going to go great. And as you know, I've invited you to participate as well and see if there are things that the um, that the Space Coast Symphony could uh, would like to see in that um, in that village that uh, could work for your benefit. Well, thank you very much. Now, if there are members of the community interested in helping or uh, giving money or anything like that, uh, they can just call the cultural council. Call the cultural council or send us an email. Awesome. <laughs> Closing out, uh, well, just, here's just a couple quick questions. Do you have any hobbies outside of what you do? I have two beautiful, darling, gorgeous little miniature schnauzers. Yeah? <laughs> what are their names? Their names are Kona mm -hmm. and Katie. And are they treated uh, like princesses? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love, uh, my husband and I absolutely love our, our two little dogs, and yeah. we like to spend as much time as we can. We go to the dog park, and we run the beach, and we do... There's a Vero um, Beach dog park, is that there correct? There is a Vero Beach dog park, and there's, and there's a private dog park yeah. as well. Um, so we make sure that they get exercise every day, and they run, and it's just a time for us to get out and you know get some fresh air ourselves and a little bit of exercise. 
So um, our little dogs are extremely important to us. And uh, then I also am a, a, a lover of literature. So I yeah. always have a book or two going. Now, if uh, anyone is interested in finding out more, they can visit your website, which is cultural cultural dash council dot org. All right, so cultural dash council dot org. You can find that in the description below the podcast. And uh, what is your phone number? One more time. Phone number is seven seven two seven seven zero four eight five seven. Awesome. Well, the arts community is in good hands. You've done a great job. You're a good friend to all of the organizations, and we're very fortunate to have you um, head up the Indian River Cultural Council. So thank you very much for all you do. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I enjoyed it very much. That was a wonderful piece of music, the International Tuba Day March. Yes, apropos. Yes, it certainly was. Yep. And that was a great interview with Barbara Hoffman. I really enjoyed it. Very nice it. interview, in-depth. It is Tuba Week. Yes, Tuba Week all week here. Well, that's what Jeremy has coined it as. Well, we've, uh, yeah, it, obviously it was International Tuba Day, but uh, we're celebrating all week here all in Brevard week, County. Week, all week, all week. the eastern coast of Florida. Hopefully <laughs> it'll catch on. Soon the world. Yes. Another thing we hope that'll catch on, something brand new, the very first... Friday Fizz Quiz. Absolutely. Yeah, Friday was the first day of this exciting new... Uh, game uh or, or quiz if you want to call it you know fizz quiz is what we came up with literally Heather, dozens are playing yes dozens are playing <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear the uh, questions and the answers well, heather so actually we, came up uh, with the concept i came up with the name and it's so funny everybody's been kind of the fizz quiz what what is that anyway it's friday fizz quiz we're excited about this we like i said had it friday well we have the questions and the answers Okay, Jeremy, why don't you read the questions? All right, I'll read. We have a series of five questions. Please, no wagering on the side. Uh, <laughs> but actually, all wagering is closed because uh, we've already uh, selected a winner. Yes. And the very first question was, this instrument has been used since the Stone Age and is thought to be one of the oldest instrument types. Some of these instruments were found to be at least 40,000 years old and made of bird bones or even mammoth ivory. What is it? The tuba. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. No, are you serious? No, I, no. <laughs> no. Well, the tuba has been around since uh, Roman times. Uh, tuba is Latin for uh, oh, trumpet. So. If, if, if they can make something the size of a tuba out of uh, mammoth bones, I am glad I was not alive in the time of the mammoths. Yes, right. you are correct, <laughs> sir. So what's the answer? So the then? actual well, answer is the flute. Oh, oh, excellent. Question number two. Which one of these woodwind instruments is never found in an orchestra? Bass clarinet, E-flat clarinet, saxophone, or contrabassoon? Well, I can't say the tuba, because the tuba is an integral part of the symphony orchestra. <laughs> so what is it, Bill? Okay. 
saxophone. Ah, yeah. Ah. As it turns out, it is a trick question. Ah, trick question. However, it was interesting. Everybody guessed the saxophone. However, saxophone is actually uh, in several very famous symphonies. That's right. Uh, and this season, we're going to be doing pictures uh, at an exhibition, the Ravel orchestration, and it's going to have a saxophone solo. So there you have it. That's a good point. Uh, it's also in Bolero. Yes. And also of- in, uh, was it Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet? I think so, yes. Uh, which we, uh, the Space Coast Symphony has done before, Romeo and Juliet. So. So, actually, uh, every person that responded incorrectly answered saxophone, but uh, it was a trick question, so everybody gets a buy on that particular question. But moving on, question three. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart wrote his uh, clarinet concerto in A major for clarinetist who? Anton Paul Stadler. What other piece did he write for this musician? Well, the answer, glad you asked that question, Jeremy. Quintet. In A major for clarinet and strings. Oh, that's a tough one. Question four. What woodwind instrument has the widest pitch range? This was actually quite controversial. We even had a debate about it today uh, while we were preparing. But the answer is... The tuba. (laughs) The tuba. There you go again. What is this? The tuba is specifically uh, disqualified (laughs) because I don't believe it's classified as a woodwind instrument. Am I correct? Well, not according to Eric. Sorry about that. I lost my head. Uh, It's the clarinet. That's right. A range of nearly four octaves. Um, Moving on. (laughs) we got to wrap this up, guys. Question five. This rare instrument is a member of the woodwind family. From point of view of the audience, when played, this instrument looks a bit like a backwards number four. It is two octaves lower than its most common member of its instrument type. Its lowest performable note is the same as the lowest C on the cello. Man, that was a mouthful of a question. That's a mouthful. And I don't, if you type that into Google, I don't think that answer would pop up. I was waiting for the question mark. <laughs> when is the question mark so going to appear? Please, when? what is this unique instrument, Bill? Are you ready? Yes. I would say we have a drum roll. <laughs> We'd like a drum roll, please. It is the last question. Okay, the contrabass flute. Absolutely. That is fascinating. So, of all yes. the answers that we had submitted, every single person misguessed number two as saxophone. So, everybody gets a buy of those winners answering the other four correctly. We have picked one at random, and that winner is... Amy Rapp is the first official winner of Congratulations Quiz. Congratulations. Two free flex tickets. Yes. Just call call us up and we'll have those uh, at Will Call next concert. Well, it was exciting. It was exciting. We have uh, another fizz quiz uh, next week, right? No, once a month. It's uh, the first Friday of the month. month. Just like International Tuba Day. Just like so that's once a year. (laughs) Right, but but uh, that's great. I'm looking forward to it. We can start a petition and say we want uh, International Tuba Day to be the first Friday of every month, but uh, but I I don't know. We we may not have enough signatures to to get that passed. Well, you know, this whole Tuba International Tuba Day experience has been quite fun. Yep, it's been great. We're going to close the show with with a uh, clip that my friend Mike Gross sent me celebrating International Tuba Day. It was done by his students. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it, and I'm sure um, Jeremy will be able to put a video clip on the Encores page. Oh, cool. Uh, This is Bill Trudeau. 
I'm Eric Lee. And I'm Jeremy Hickman reminding you as always, we'll we'll see you at the show. on air brought to you by the space coast symphony orchestra remember you can support the symphony in many ways including a visit to maestro's cafe located just inside the main entrance to the brevard central library and reference center 308 forest avenue coco florida maestro's cafe serves a variety of coffee and other drinks as well as breakfast and lunch selections and is open most days from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with extended hours on Tuesday and Thursday, closed Sunday. For more information about the symphony or upcoming concerts, like us on Facebook or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. Velocity Production.